0: And Skippy loans Two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exact, uh, there's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website, that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, oakland Lawn, Parks and Samatoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. Racingdudes.com for all of your needs, Racingdudes.com for all of your leads, Racingdudes.com for all of your bets, Racingdudes.com as good as it gets, Racingdudes.com for all of your needs, Racingdudes.com for all of your leads, Racingdudes.com for all of your bets, Racingdudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. Aaron and it is
1: Thursday, June 16th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man?
2: Feels like it's been forever since I've been on the air. Feels good.
1: You feel refreshed?
2: Yeah. It's weird. I'm used to... It seems like we've been on the air, like, every day since uh, two weeks before the Kentucky Derby, and, like, this week was, like, weird. No triple crown. That's, that's nice.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, I was... I was talking to Magic earlier and and he's like why does it feel like the Belmont was like 10 months ago? And I was right. like well because it's, so I said well as soon as Mo Donegal won we basically buried the triple crown and said no we're not even looking at this
2: anymore. So weird. I hadn't talked to Magic at all about the Belmont or anything, but I agree it feels like that was a lifetime ago that race happened. Like
1: I feel, I feel like we all watched the race, and, and thankfully it unfolded like we thought it would. And then we we're just like, "All right, cool, check that off. Can we just get past?" Because you know, it was kind of a
2: nightmarish Triple Crown. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Derby really kicked it off in in a historic way, and it, it got a little goofy there for a while, but it certainly uh, it certainly worked itself out with Belmont Stakes Day. That was a very good day, and. And it makes for a really fun summer now because it's it's just completely wide open in the three-year-old, really both divisions. Uh, with the way Nest ran, uh, she's not number one right now, but boy, her and Secret Oath like rematching again sounds really really good. And then Haskell, Jim Dandy, Travers, Pennsylvania Derby, all those races for the males, all going to be really good too.
1: Yeah, and if you're some of those horses like like a Zandon or a, even like a Tabo or Messier. Um... The door has been still left wide open for you in terms of the second half of this year and making a case for being a top three year old because you just don't like I guess Epi- is Epicenter I mean, who would get the I don't think like it because he didn't win any of the races, maybe O'Donnell? Like you know what I mean? Like it's that wide open still to where all you need is a, a horse to come in and win the Travers and then maybe win the classic, say even or something like that, where a three year old could all of a sudden not have won any of the triple crown races and still win like a three-year-old of the year
2: award epicenter. Yeah. Good point. He's right there. Zandon. Good point. He's right there. Yeah. They just got to get hot in the summer because nobody really made that, you know, bam, I'm way the standout and way the one to Mm. beat. So that makes those races that much more important. Are you going to be shocked if Zandon wins the Jim Dandy and also wins the Travers? I'm not. No, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to pick him on those days, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, you know? So, and then you've got even horses like Jack Christopher and it's
1: like,
0: yeah, you be shocked if he wins say. the Haskell.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden he wins the Haskell and he becomes, He's number you one. know, one of the front runners for, for the whole thing, you know? So if he can stretch out and prove that he can stretch out, uh, the sky's the limit for him really.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, we'll see. I think he can do it. I, especially at the Haskell. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know about you, but Jack Christopher versus Epicenter and a mile and eighth for the Haskell, if that's where Epicenter goes, and maybe Baffert sends one of those horses, I would be over the moon excited about a race like that. And that's the kind of stuff I think we're going to get. Yeah, let's not forget,
1: uh, Bob Baffert likes to run horses in the Haskell and do well in the Haskell. So if he can get, obviously, he comes back here in a couple of weeks uh prior to the haskell and if he can get messier or get a taba or someone in that race as well that makes that race you know because what do you do with like let's just say taba goes there taba becomes extremely interesting and frustrating too because he he was such a frustrating awful disappointing horse in the derby but obviously we know the talent was there to run him. you know you would feel almost dumb if he goes and wins um Facing the Jack Christopher and you know, but that's going to be the, I mean, that to me is even more so than the Travers is going to be the, the race that even if like Taba were to win it, all of a sudden he puts his name in the front in terms of being like the top three-year-old.
2: I definitely think with Taba and Messier, if they ship out for Haskell, or Jim Dandy, or Travers, something like that they become big time problem horses for the summer because it's like, well, what are they really? Are they right. Kentucky Derby bad? Or are they what we saw in the Santa Anita Derby? Good. Um, you know, if they started in a place like the shared belief at Del Mar, it's a little different, you know, <laughs> they're, they're probably going to win those races, but yeah, if they come out for one of the big time races on the East, what are they? We don't really know for sure. And they're going to be facing now that we've went through the triple crown season and, and Jack Christopher as well, kind of, two out of the three legs of his own sprinting <laughs> instead of actually running in them. But what are they? And now they're really going to go up against established horses that we know are pretty good. So yeah, it just throws a whole nother monkey wrench into it. And you said it best. I don't necessarily think either one table or Messi, are going to come back and really just be dominant the rest of the season. But if they are, they're right back in the discussion of this thing. And like I said, that's what makes the summer, freaking awesome this year like it is super exciting going into the summer
1: yeah and and not to keep talking about Taba, but it, it would be such a he's an interest, you know because his his story was so interesting and the fact that he lost bob baffert so he didn't know you know what he would be like and now he's gonna get him back and you know we didn't know what really you the the, the thoughts were like well what have you know the whole they didn't want to run him in the San derby they you know they want to go to the preakness and all these different things well when bob baffert comes back and makes a plan and say, Hey, we're running the half school that you're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like he ain't running them to, to just run them. Um, and, and so it, whatever you think about Baffert, you got to think when he comes back, he's ready to come back firing. Like he is going to have some horses ready to go. So um, definitely be interesting to see. And yeah, the, you know, those horses have something to prove, but if either one of them, um, and I just I don't know, I don't think Doppelganger is on my <laughs> no. on my list. I, I really I think those are the two. Um, you know, if they if any one of those can win one of these, if they if one of them were to win the Travers or the Haskell, then all of a sudden, you kind of forget about the the shitty Kentucky Derby.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's just like, well, it's a Derby, just cross it off, type of thing, you know. So, and and what's amazing, and and unless you know, we see Rich Strike, form (laughs) reversal from what we saw. Other than the Derby, the Kentucky Derby is going to have very little weight on who actually becomes the three-year-old of the year this season. Like I said, unless Rich Strike rebounds, uh, you know, and that's odd. You don't get that very often. Usually, the Derby is a huge, uh, you know catalyst to who wins through the, of the year probably not going to be this year
1: no no um yeah so we had a, a nice little belmont day uh last weekend it was like again it feels like forever ago um but it was huge the the, the racing was great we'll talk a little bit about the uh obviously the belmont stakes mo Donegal uh that performance we'll dive in a little bit to kind of the undercard and some of our best races we thought uh really just a It started off a little weird, and then it kind of leveled off. Uh, You know, Flightline was incredible. Um, Stole the show, really, for the day, I think. And, uh, you know, Mo Donegal, I don't think wowed anybody necessarily, but he also, like, he was good. I I think that the distance, and we said it all along, the distance is what really made him separate from the rest of them.
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And it's... It was a great day. I mean, there's, there's so much to say about that day. Right. And, and like you said, the distance really helped him, but we, we just saw so many just wow efforts all together. Like we, we titled the guide Belmont stakes, like not, not, not uh, the Belmont festival of racing day or whatever, instead of just Belmont stakes, because it was just race after race. We were just reacting going, wow, wow. Oh, wow. That was good. You know? So uh, it was it was just a lot of fun all around. What the heck,
1: Rodney Evans? Football, we love it. Fight on USC. <laughs> hashtag Mob. What? I, I love Taba You're talking to the Taba bandwagon. Like I'm the leader of the Taba bandwagon. Like what do you want? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what I did wrong. That I was love an Taba. odd comment. Yeah. <laughs> I I've never Trashed Taba once. Um, <laughs> he 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 was shitty in the Kentucky Derby. I don't know. What you want for the. Okay. Um, oh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get to uh, today's show. We're going to recap Modonigal's win of the 2022 Belmont Stakes at Belmont Park. We're going to look at a little bit of the undercard as well, including Flight Lines' unbelievable victory in the Met Mile. Then we're going to get some uh, rapid fire selections for the, some of the greatest stakes action this weekend at Belmont Park and Mama's Park. Let's go. Belmont Stakes 154 is in the books. Uh, Mo Donegal, just, you know, we were all over Mo Donegal going to this race. Finally, we got one right, Halterman. Mo Donegal, Nest, exacted, the Pletcher Exacta. The Philly looked really good as well. And, and more than anything, it looked like Mo Donegal. Uh, if you're watching this live, you're watching us on YouTube, I'll go ahead and play the video while we'll, we talk about the race. But, you know, Mo Donegal just seemed like this race hit him right between the eyes and it showed down the stretch.
2: Yep. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch. And you're right. Uh, it was it was kind of therapeutic uh, to watch him do that, because everybody knows the disaster as far as handicappers go and trying to pick a top pick for the derby. That was a tough one to get to with Rich Strike. And, and then, uh, you know, Epicenter, I thought, was a pretty good uh, bet in the and and he just didn't get it done. And so you're kind of going in here going my gosh, I can't miss all three of these races this year. That would just be awful. And so it was awesome to see Mo Donegal get the job done. And the key if you're watching it live or even if you're listening to us, uh, we can describe it pretty easily. He sat a lot closer to the pace than he normally does and he was still able to click or to kick home probably because of what you said, that distance really hit him right between the eyes.
1: I Cannot talk more, uh, give enough credit to the two Skippy Longstocking who really made this race go. I thought, you know, we, the people, I, I don't think we, the people love the distance. That's, that's first and foremost, I think that kind of showed, but he also didn't get an easy lead. Um, you know, he did get the lead, but Mo Don- or uh, Skippy Longstocking was there every step of the way. And especially when it, the ra- real racing kind of got going on the far turn and they hit the stretch. Skippy was right there. He was not letting the one, and we said it all along. The way the one wins this race, if he separates, he's got to separate as they get in the turn and separate as they get up turn for home. And he just simply did not do that, which put Mo Donegal. I mean, you are looking here before they even get to the turn, and Mo Donegal what four links back, three links back. Nest is right there as well. So those two sit, sitting that trip plus the pressure Skippy was able to put on We the People just really made the race. Uh, go I thought for Mo Donegal
2: yeah I, I absolutely agree I think Skippy really helped us I'm not I'm with you like I'm not sure we the people was gonna like hold off the two pletcher runners but I sure like that Skippy Longstocking made it undoubtedly he wasn't gonna uh, hold off those runners you know you knew at the top of the stretch where maybe it took mid-stretch to get him if he didn't have uh, Skippy Longstocking kind of bothering him the whole race And then, and now you see, now we're here in the stretch, and look at Nest, man. This horse just just tries and tries and tries to get Modonigal. Modonigal gets the jump on her, and just, you know, Nest just couldn't make up the ground. But these two Pletcher runners just just ran incredible races.
1: Dude, and watch this. Let's see if I can go back to the, let's go right here to the, right when they journey for home. Nest gets a brutal trip here, kind of has to stop, and then, go out to the outside of Mo Donegal. So Mo Donegal got the the best trip there, and then Ness starts coming back at him. And, and I'm not going to say, I, I don't know that it would have changed the outcome, but I certainly know that we, you and I would have been sweating a little bit more had she gotten to where she never had to leave the rail because she had to stop a little bit of her momentum and then come out and then come back in to kind of try to run down Moe Donegal, which obviously cost her um, a few links at least, but clearly the second best of that race. And maybe was, I mean, what a day for Ripoli, you know?
2: I'll tell you what, it, it's a great day for Rapoli, and it's a great day for, for a horse like Ness, who just ran so well. And give credit to Irad; he kind of stuck Ness on that rail the whole way around. If you watch the replay back a few times, there, he's trying to get out on Ness. He's trying, he's trying, he never really did. Uh, and, and, and I think I kind of knew Ness was the biggest challenger and we're going to get jump on her here. And so it was a good ride for sure. But Ness ran fantastic. If, if she doesn't get that trip, if, she, if the rail maybe opens up for her, I'm a hundred percent with you, I think we're going to sweat this one out to the very end. Maybe she gets it done. Who knows? We'll never know that. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. And imagine if Modonegal was back kind of in last where, where rich strike was like he normally is. Ness would have just swung out, been three wide, got the jump on him, and it was, and she would have won, right? So once again, it's that being a little bit more forwardly placed was able to get modonigal to the winner's circle.
1: Yeah, and Slim, you're right. Uh, she she had a poor break too. You know, she yeah. I'll rewind it here again. I just showed it, but you can see her there. She kind of comes out of the gate, stumbles out of the gate, um, and then she has to basically go to the back of the pack there. Um, and for a second is right there with rich strike there you know so she ran a unbelievably good race considering she was facing boys she, she certainly uh showed more than her counterpart secret oath did in, in the uh in the uh in the previous and that now you could say maybe that was a two-week layoff for secret oath versus you know ness being rest more rested i don't know but Fletcher gave him a ton of credit. A lot of people thought, wow, I can't believe that he would run her here. But he said all along the biggest reason why he wanted to run her here was the distance. And like we've been saying, other than Mo Donegal, who definitely tripped, I mean, not say he tripped out, but he got a great trip. Uh, she was definitely right there in terms of this distance hit right between the eyes. And no, no doubt they're going to target the Alabama with her.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's a mile and a quarter race, the Alabama. And I think that race for Ness will, she'll be really, really tough to beat. Right. Uh, And then the coaching club, American Oaks is the first one. It's at a mile and an eighth. Both these horses, uh, meaning Secret Oath and Ness, are pointing for both of those races. So we could see them square off twice at Saratoga. And and, I mean, listen, Secret oath got her once. And now if we see two more times at Saratoga, these two square off. We're we're gonna know by the end of that series, you know, so to speak, who the best of the uh, of the two are. Um, and there's not gonna be many excuses. You get three cracks at it here, so uh, it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun, without any doubt. And I'm with you. Like Nest at a mile and a quarter in the Alabama, kind of gives you chills a little bit thinking about how good she might look in that race.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Shadi says she wants to see Nest and Secret Oath in the same race again. Who would you? Who's the better? Do you think Nest is?
2: I think Nest is a little bit better, yes, but as of right now, I have Secret Oath ranked number one in that division over her because, hey, we have to go off, you know, Sh- Secret Oath has never lost against the girls uh, this year, I should say, and Nest got beat by her in the in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah, there may be excuses, but that's how it goes, right? But I do think Nest is going to be the top horse in the three-year-old female division uh, once it's all said and done.
1: You know, and, and uh, Rodney asked, you know, how good is Moe I know you and I both have Mo Donegal ranked, I think you did as well, ranked number one in the, our latest NTRA poll just because he beat the horse that won the Preakness back in the wood, and then he just won the Belmont Stakes. With a better trip, he certainly is placing better than fifth in the Kentucky Derby. So to me, he was the number one horse, and I didn't necessarily think too hard about that. Um, but it, it really, you, you can kind of throw him and, and, uh, and early voting and even epicenter and Zandon and, and even Jack Christopher all there in the mix. And like we said earlier, they're all right there. No, one's really got a huge standout. Um, but Mo Donegal, especially coming off of this win to me was an easy number one.
2: Yeah. I think he's number one because all the reasons you laid out, I put him there, you know, just thinking, look, he. (laughs) He beat the Preakness winner. He beat the Derby winner, and he he won a Triple Crown race. He won the Wood, which is a huge prep race. And, you know, his loss at Gulfstream, I don't hold against him because it's just mile 16th at Gulfstream. There's no way he's ever going to win that. Um, so, yeah, I've got him number one. But it's like you said, it's a very, very soft number one. There's, there's uh, no stretch a dozen horses that could end up being number one by the time this thing is over, and it's just going to have to take a couple of big wins. Uh, throughout the summer and and then on to the fall.
1: That's just it. So Mo Donegal, it's Mo Donegal Ness and Skippy held on for uh, held on for second or third, I should say. You know, the really the payouts weren't anything dramatic uh, just due to the the kind of the chalky uh, you know top two especially but you know you and I were very adamant we're saying like we're playing this thing. If he's five to two that was what he was at morning line. We thought that was fair and thankfully we got five to two So we thought, Hey, he's the best horse in the race. We think he's going to win and a win bet. So that was a hell of a payout. I thought for five to two on a horse that I was very confident.
2: Yeah, no. And and listen, I think it was a little bit again, because of the rich strike factor, those long shots were taking money again in the Belmont that shouldn't have been taking that much money. And it caused decent prices for all the other horses that actually had a legitimate shot to win. And I guess that'll be the end of that, right? I, I can't imagine there being carryover. Who knows? But once again, it happened. It just people are like, oh, that's a 20 to one shot. And I'm going to bet it, you know?
1: All right. So uh, just so people can see there, Rich Strike was not uh, in the top four, not top five. I think he finished sixth, I want to mm-hmm. say, off the top of my head. Um, what... What the hell do we – I mean, I, I get that the Travers is the goal, they say. Um, what, what is he? Did he prove that – did he prove that the race in the Kentucky Derby was just an absolute and utter fluke? Or do you think that there is any case that he can win another stakes down the road?
2: I He's not a horse I'm going to pick or bet on. Let's put it that way. Listen, I don't think it's impossible that he's going to win somewhere down the road. I don't think a race like the Travers is going to be it, right? Like, to me, I would, and I know, hey, he won the Derby. You're not going to spot him in, you know, the West Virginia Derby. But that's the kind of race where I think he can kind of compete in and maybe have a shot, right? But, yeah, you know, the a race like the Travers, I just don't think he's going to be able to do it. Um, it's one of those
1: things that the worst thing could happen. I mean, I hate to say it like that because he won the freaking Derby. But now, like you said, he's going to be spotted in all the toughest races for the rest of the year because he is the Kentucky Derby winner.
2: Exactly. And, and, and like said, it, he he really fits into kind of those Ohio's and Iowa's and Indiana's yeah. and, and West Virginia, Oklahoma's. Listen, his, his, his connections are from Oklahoma. Maybe the Oklahoma Derby. Uh, maybe he'll come there. It, that's the kind of races where I think he can win. But no matter what, no matter what race he's in of stakes caliber, he's going to have to have a pretty decent pace up front or he's always going to be pretty compromised. So uh, it just depends on where he's spotted and how it kind of sets up. He's not one for me that I'm looking to play anytime soon unless he's in kind of one of those lesser races with a nice pace set up. I think he's better than the Belmont. I don't think he's as good as the Derby. How about that? I think he's kind of somewhere in the middle it's kind of a, you know, that kind of horse.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was funny. Dennis says he knew it was rail. real. Like the, 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 Reed was like, yeah, well, I guess he needs a rail. It's like they decided to the, the, literally the plans were to keep him off the rail now. And it's like, why, yeah. you know? And so it just seemed like a total mess. And obviously you didn't have a super hot pace, although it was solid enough. Um, if you're going to, like, you could have closed some, you know, we've talked about this a lot where it's like, Oh, the pace was good. Well, if you're good enough horse, like you're at least, you didn't make any sort of run um, Mm -hmm. in the stretch there. And, you know, for a horse that they said all along, that was the whole deal of skipping the Preakness that we were running the Belmont because we liked, you know, that's the one we think he can, you know, thrive in the most. And it was just a, a total disaster.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I I don't understand why you would keep a horse on the rail and then instruct them to take them off the rail. I mean, that was, I, I don't know. It, you explain it, that you know, to me.
1: It's one of those things, too, where it's like you, you, they, like almost like they got, they won the derby, and then you kind of, it's like anything. You start getting success with something, and you start overthinking it, right? And now instead of just like, Going out, you know, the Derby, they, they they had nothing to lose. They just were glad to be in the race. They didn't know they were in the race until two days before, right? Yep. So they just were in, and then you start thinking, overthinking everything. Should we run the previous? No, we're going to sk- skip the previous. We're going to train the Belmont. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it's just like, just let the horse do his thing, you know. And so you kind of in one of those cases. Not to say that I don't I don't think that the rail had anything to do with him. Maybe costing fourth or third. Maybe I I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. He certainly isn't the the horse. The, like you said, it best the horse we saw in the Derby. That's not what he is, and he's probably a little bit better than we saw in the Belmont. Yep. <laughs> All right. So before the Belmonts, we got to talk about this because this was such one was such a critical race for us in the bankroll. If you played the bankroll and you stay and you and you and you hung in there with us in the bankroll, congratulations because we started off maybe the worst we've ever started. An yep. In any bankroll article we've ever done, we were down like I don't know what we were down close to two hundred dollars starting mm-hmm. off, and just came roaring back. And this one uh, was one of the big bet caches we had on the day. We'll talk about that after the race, but let's start by watching this freakish performance of the Met Mile and Flight Line, who we said could not lose, and you know he made us. <laughs> sweated out a little bit here early in the race.
2: Yeah, he definitely did. He got cut off a couple times by Speaker's Corner. He made the right move there as Flightline just didn't break very well. Uh, But, you know, this is what a great horse can do. You know, a great horse is not one-dimensional. And so right there he got cut off again. And it's like, okay, it's clear. We're not going to the lead. So how are we going to win this thing? And Flavian said, made the decision. All right, I'll get him out, put him in the two-path stock here, and hopefully he comes with a run. And he did because, uh, like I said, a great horse is not just one-dimensional. And he showed that he can he can do this just as easy as well. Look how easy he's relaxing. Like, he's not tugging, pulling. He's just waiting for his cue. Bam, there he got it. Yeah. He
1: ran like he – I mean, like, it didn't matter that it was a horse in front of him. And that's what professional horses do. Listen, this horse, he ran a – they ran a 45 flat, which is nothing for him going long for the first time longer for the first time still one turn but he, we still don't know even know what this horse really is because he flavian just once he got him going he just like he never really does anything with him he just rides him out yeah yeah
2: absolutely and this, he, look at this yeah he it's effortless for the horse and uh, you know, it's it's just an effortless performance. Look at him go, and, you know, Happy Saver, a really nice horse, and he he's just dusts him. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Just a hand ride all the way home. You can't see, but Flavian is peeking at, at the at the big board, like, every couple seconds, just to make sure Happy Saver's not making up any ground.
1: Yeah, you know, and this was, like you said, it's so interesting. Like, he obviously misses the break a little bit, gets cut off, Boom. Like, uh oh, okay, speaker's corner's gonna make him like that's a great move. He's gonna okay, but he's still clearly faster than speaker's corner, like we thought. Okay, he's gonna go up the rail again and do it. Nope. Gets cut off again. Another great move. Like you people want to criticize, you know, the, the ride, but Alvarado knew, like, hey, if we're gonna beat this horse, this is how we're gonna do it. And and mod said before the race, like, we ain't giving up the lead. Like, just because there's a fast horse in this race, we're not gonna change our tactics. And they didn't. So credit's there. And from here, you just got to hope if you're if you're speaker's corner that those connections that flight lines, one of those horses that needed the lead and he's going to kind of quit um, because he didn't get it. And that was not the case. Uh, you knew this race was over right here. And honestly, not only did you know the race was over right here, but when you start looking at Happy Saver, you kind of think because we had the exacted, but we had the exacted flight line over Happy Saver. Um, and aloha west were like we're gonna hit this because the way the race unfolded was exactly how you needed to play it
2: yeah i see some people saying well maybe speaker's corner was overrated and no that's not it it's what happens is when a horse is used to dominating like speaker's corner has been doing and then he gets past like he's standing still they get discouraged they're like they're just like humans you know if you're a great player and you have been just dominating the competition and then you get up against somebody that's a little better than you, you kind of melt down. And that's what Speaker's Corner did. You know, uh, it, he he got passed, he he worked hard to get the lead. Usually in this situation, he just puts them away at the top of the stretch. And then when he didn't, and that horse just passed him, he, he just packed it in. And that's yep. that's what happens, and that's why we played it like we did, because that was the assumption. And like we said on the show last week. If you believe Speaker's Corner can get the lead and frustrate Flatline, then play it that way It, it, it take Flatline out of the equation. Our belief was this was happening. What happened was going to happen. and it, But that's the only way you could play it. Put one of the big favorites on top and then one of the longer prices in second for the Exacta.
1: Yeah, I honestly was so proud of this, this wager. And, you know, we had talked about playing a win bet. Obviously, at one point, it was four to five. We're like, oh, man, we should have done that um but we, we changed it after we had kind of talked about it in the way in the bankroll guy because so listen and ex- you laid it out if you if you let the race play out like flight line is probably going to give him all he wants and more and we think that he's better than speaker's corner so let's just toss him out because the likelihood of speaker's corner staying on after flight line you know dust him, is unlikely especially when you have a few horses like happy saver like aloha west who could be coming late and you know that's the way the race unfolded although we did not think at least i did not think that you you would have you would assume that it, the speaker's corner quit because he could never get to flight line well the opposite was was true he he was able to get the best p- position he could and cut him off and keep him at bay and, but it still just proved to still not matter because flight line you know flight line my and we said it before and you know i remember watching him in the malibu i talked about watching the malibu back if you guys didn't before this race it's like you just saw that race you knew he was special and th- it's not just us like you know you compared him a little bit the way he runs down the stretch like the way he runs a little bit like pharaoh um, Bob Baffert even has said that about fair about flightline being compared to Farrell. this was mm-hmm. last year so it's not like we're the ones like like oh like that's crazy no like this horse if if they can keep him together and that's a big if like he he could be one of the best of you know at least in recent history in terms of especially we just don't know what he is you know because now it sounds like they're either gonna, gonna go whitney or pacific classic and yes that seems to be the next race not like a goal so they're obviously keeping the spacing as much as they can to keep this horse fresh and sound when you have a horse that goes this fast this easily like they can sometimes get hurt so you gotta think whitney pacific classic if that goes well you go to the classic if it doesn't go well then you aim for like the breeder you know the dirt mile or something which was the a win and you're in your end for the, the met mile here
2: yeah i mean you're you're wasting your time trying to bet against play against a source at this distance or shorter he is just way 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 too good if you want to try to beat him at, from a betting standpoint and i am not saying that i'm going to but if you want to try him the perfect time is the next time because he's going to go two turns a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter. Now, even if he doesn't run well at that distance, or will there be horses in the race that can beat him? We'll have to wait and see. But that is the true only test that's left. Is can he go two turns? You know, going from seven furlongs to a mile, I knew was not gonna be a problem. But the two-turn thing was gonna is gonna be a test. But here's the here's the bad thing if you're trying to beat him. The breeding says he will be better going longer. <laughs> so it, with his natural ability and his natural speed i don't know how you're going to beat him uh, unless he just literally cannot get the distance and hates it so uh we'll see we'll see if he if he can be challenged going two turns that's the next test
1: yeah I, who knows right like you said like the breeding suggests that he will want to go longer and he has that potent uh that potent combo of speed and, and, and we, and he showed it here, even though that wasn't necessarily what he wanted to do, which was a big test too, because a lot of times in, in races, especially when you see a horse, even though he did win the out, but that's, this was a huge step up for him. And when you see a horse kind of get things a little bit of adversity, they quit, they don't run, you know, if they're not like the real deal, like they need the lead or they need that perfect setup or whatever, and so he had a little bit of adversity. You know, they asked Sadler what he thought at the beginning of the race. He's like, I wanted to throw up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because that was never an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really know how good this horse is. But at the same time, there's nothing to suggest that he can't thrive going longer. Because like I said, he has that ability to, one, just put you away. Kind of a lot of like... Nick's go, but faster. He's faster than Nick's go. And he can do that. Whereas we saw with Nick's go, where if you go with him, he, you're screwed. And if you let him go, you're also screwed, right? So he's got that factor. And then we, he showed us in the Met Mile if there is a speaker's corner, if there is somebody, it's like, hey, I'm not letting this horse go out on its own. He got a lesson. He got a lesson in the Met Mile and he can sit off of it and then save that. You know, because they they were going slow. I mean, Speaker's corner ran 45 flat. So if you're going to get to the lead, look what happened, what happened to Speaker. Like, you, you, damned if you damned if you don't. So he just possesses this ultra uh, ability to have, like, basically run horses into the ground or let other horses run themselves in the ground trying to keep
2: up with him. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well put. And Greg points out Hot Rod Charlie could be the challenge or a possible challenger. And he he's back this weekend at Monmouth. We'll talk about him in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, that's the horses that he'll have to beat going two turns That those types. Hot Rod Charlie certainly looks like one, maybe a Mandaloon, maybe a, a life is good if he goes to the Whitney, you know. So those are the ones he will have to beat he should be able to do that and he absolutely will do it if he can run as well around two turns as he showed in his one turn races so the question mark will just certainly be can he get the two turns if he can he will handle horses like hot rod charlie and that's not a knock on hot rod charlie that's just what it is i mean speaker's corner my goodness he's the best horse this country by far going a mile until last saturday Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he wasn't even close. So um hot rod Charlie, nice horse, but I, I don't know that he can match up with the flight line. Um, we'll just have to see though how he handles that stretch out. You never know until they do it.
1: Yeah, and then you know, what about uh you know, life is good, like if we ever see him again, but you know, obviously he possesses a major a major ability to go fast and depending on what they kind of do with him. Um, you know, who knows if the classic is still kind of the goal there, but if he will, if they do match up, he, (laughs) you talk about, I mean, speed of speed, those two horses battling out would be epic.
2: Those two in the Whitney, that would be a special race if we got flight line and life is good at a mile and an eighth, Jeez. I really don't, I don't know what I. I don't know <laughs> what I would do. It would be it would be unbelievable. Tell, let's let report. I mean, who
1: do you think who's who do you think is just? I know we don't you don't know, but who do you think is the better horse? Flightline.
2: Yeah, I think he's a little bit better. Yeah, I do. But this life is good is really freaky. And guys, he absolutely murdered Nick's go in the Pegasus. They were in a completely different stratosphere. But I think Flightline might be a little bit better. It would be close. So, um, and again, what did Dubai take out of him? Right, like he did not run very well over there. Will he come back the same? All those kind of questions. Where I'm with you, like you said, it Flightline's kind of like Matoli. If he's entered, just pick him, right? Mm-hmm. Because Matoli kind of had issues, not major issues, but just kind of get, keeping together and staying on the track for long periods of time. When they're entering him, just, just pick him. He's not going to lose.
1: Right, because if he's in, the, he, they obviously think he's good enough. And let's be fair; like the Met Mile is, it's definitely a you know a stallion making race, and so he's got that, he's got that check big time, you know. So they're going to be careful with him of where they want to go. And you imagine a Met a Met Mile. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head who's the I wonder who's the last Met Mile Classic. Horse. you know what i mean like is there been a because you know Dixko he won the the breeders cup classic but he lost in the met mile
2: yeah
1: you know like that would be if you win the met mile and the breeders cup classic and say whatever in between if he runs the runs in the whitney or runs in the pacific classic i mean you're locking up horse of the year
2: yeah i'm trying to think right now yeah there's no question about that i mean if he if he wins a breeders cup classic it doesn't really matter what he does between now and then he's gonna make it uh, worst of the year, ah, man, I, I can't think of one. I'm surely we're forgetting. It's got to be someone that, yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, let's look you know, here. Frosted won, but he did not win the Breeders' Cup Classic. I'm trying to think of the past winners of the Grand uh, Honor Silver, Code,
1: Silver State, Vicoma, nope. Matoli, B Jersey, more spirit, Frosted Honor Code um palace malice uh shackleford tisway quality road uh ghost zapper ghost zapper didn't Ghost, ghost Zapper in
2: the class there ghost yeah. ghost yeah. zapper that's that'd be the last one and and uh they've been calling this horse mini ghost zapper so how interesting so is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the last horse to do it was ghost zapper and uh yeah and maybe he's he's the next one the mini ghost so yeah it's uh like again, it'd be it's a feat that we don't see, and not only that, you don't see it tried that often either. So, um, because a lot of times the met mile is you know, they're gonna be more miler type horses. So, yeah, he the sky's the limit for flight line Can't wait to see him back. Um, real quickly, talk about when it comes to the bank role, if people don't know what that is or what if they, you know, how what was it was the, what was the catalyst what was the kind of the moral of the story staying aligned with the plan i think the bigger less there's a big lesson to be learned on saturday
2: yeah and i think i think we kind of talked some people through it uh on the live stream because people are going well, what do we do here we, we it's like no you don't change anything <laughs> you just play your opinions it'll you will come around and so yeah, we were, so what we do for the big uh, guides, which Breeders' Cup, Pegasus, Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont, Traverse, that's our schedule for Baker articles. Jared and I put together an article and we give you the exact plays that we're going to make on uh, this all the stakes races for those big days. And so we were down about $160 going into the last four stakes races. We missed a big $100 win bet and that got us behind and, and like I said, we weren't panicked, but we were definitely down and, and like, God, I can't believe we missed uh, that that big bet. And I think people were panicked a little bit, but it came in for us uh, in the Jiper. We hit the trifecta, ended up making about one hundred and seventy dollars profit on that race. Jared talked about the exacta we hit in the Met Mile and that paid uh, that got us about eighty dollars profit. And then we rounded it out with a $50 win wager on Mo Donegal uh, for a big time profit. I think that made $125 or $130. So we ended up at $187 ahead with an ROI of 48.4% for this one.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it started off brutal, you know, with the, obviously the, you know, the the pick three got, you know, nixed um, with Speak of the Devil. And of course, Equizoola scratching early in that thing, speaking of the devil was awful. That was another killer. You know, you missed the, uh, you missed this pick three here. And Latruska even was awful as well. You know, Jack Chris forgot his a win, but it was nothing right. Cause he was pounded. Yeah. Uh, you know, Latruska was awful. And then this is when it started the Jiper, Yeah. This was such a huge trifecta box um, credit goes to you for kind of deciding to box that versus uh, at first we had a part wheel there. Uh, you know, you really like True Valor, which was was which helpful in in creating some value, uh, in that tri box. And then, of course, yeah, the the flight line over Happy Saver, um, you know, the the Manhattan we never really would have gotten to with the lone speed rabbit, the Chad Brown rabbit. And then, yeah, Donegal sealed it. So being al- being able to cash three of the last four bets, and all of them being a hundred dollars or more, um, was huge, and kind of getting us. Uh, out of the out of the red and and into the black in a big way for sure. So I, I was really proud of this one, um, especially with the way it started.
2: For sure, absolutely, it, it definitely was a downer. We were really upset, and uh, that we really take them personal. And we were down. There's no question. And uh, yeah, the way this turned around was incredible. I kind of wanted to run through the numbers. We've done this eleven times now. We started with the 2020. Breeders' Cup guide, and we've done, like I said, uh, Pegasus, Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont, Travers, and the Breeders' Cup in 2021, and then the races so far, uh, Pegasus, Derby, Preakness, Belmont. This year, uh, we have, through 11 guides, we have a 22.3% uh, positive ROI, so very happy about that. We've wagered $4,345, and we have returned $5,313.70 for a profit of $968.70. And like I said, 22.3 ROI. So uh, I'm proud of them. Uh, we, we started this kind of off a of whim in 2020. We thought, oh, this would be really cool. And uh, like I said, if you played them all, you, you're up 22.3% what you invested.
1: Yeah, almost $1,000 you're up uh, mm-hmm. just off of playing these. Just and, and, and to be fair, like, and to be very clear, like, we are literally betting these with our own money as well as we go. If we're on mm-hmm. the track, we're obviously there betting. If we're at home, we're betting. So we're betting these. And so, not you know, one, yeah, it sucks when we, you know, when you lose however much money on a bet, personally. But also, like, we, we're we telling you, hey, this is how we're betting this. Bet with us. And if we lose something, it, it, we hate it. You know, it, it yeah. kills us. So, we, you know, we don't want you to lose money either. So... Uh to kind of stay the course um and come back strong. When's the next bankroll article we'll be doing in the
2: guide? The Travers Stakes will be next. So the Travers is next. That'll be the last Saturday in August. It is the midsummer derby. It is the biggest day of the year for a lot of us. Uh, love the Travers over anything else. And uh, like I said, uh we got huge, huge race. We have guides like we will do. Uh, a Haskell guide, we'll do a Whitney guide, we'll do uh, a Pacific Classic guide, but they will not have our, the bankroll articles. But the Travers will have the bankroll articles. So we'll, yep. we'll gear up for that again. Like I said, I think that's August 27th this year. And listen, the Travers, let's see. Yeah, August 27th. And that is gearing up to be a freaking awesome day. Uh, so already we kind of realized that that's going to be pretty big. So uh, the Travers, just so you know, last year, Returned a thirty four point three percent ROI, a positive ROI. Uh, made one hundred and twenty seven dollars on that day last year. So hopefully we can have some luck again this year.
1: Yeah, that was the frustrating thing about this this Triple Crown trail up until to uh, until Saturday was we usually do really well in these big races. You know, these big days. You know, and and I think you know we struggled in the Preakness. Uh, the Derby was kind of a wash. Didn't do great. Uh, did hit some. You know, but the Belmont and the big racing, In those days where you have the multiple grade ones and just back to back—that's when we thrive. That's when I feel the most confident. And uh, it was good to see us kind of come through there at the end, and and those good horses run. And, and like you say, the Travers is a day like that where the good ones show up, and and uh, you can pound your opinions. So we look forward to that coming up. And uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap on the 2022 Belmont Stakes racing festival. We'll see where some of these horses show up. Congrats to Donegal winning Belmont Stakes 154. Where will these horses come back? Where will Flightline come back? Where will some of these horses show up next? Will we? You know, you gotta stay tuned to RacingDudes.com. But a wrap on Belmont Stakes 154. Congrats, Donegal. Bury the triple crown, bury it. <laughs> it's throw over. the dirt, throw the dirt, throw it, <laughs> stomp on it. We're done with it. Finally.
2: And that's right. The Dave Dave Barista, uh, yeah, Barista, yeah. Dave Barista used the uh, free picks this week. Got a huge superfecta and a pick three. That's awesome. That's what we want to see.
1: Wait, you mean that you use picks? What <laughs> that are
2: for free? Like ninety nine point nine percent of our site is free. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Shadi, like that was the best, Like so,
1: Saturday, I I like you know it was such a letdown or not like i don't know letdown's right word i was so you know after all the day and just you know the exhaustion and we did a four-hour show and of course being down and then you kind of get back up and then you hit the winner and just like the you just kind of like this decompress and i like i'm off everything i'm unplugged i'm watching some bullshit movie or something on netflix or something you know just to kind of unplug and i get on twitter like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night it's like blowing up i'm like what has happened and like for once it wasn't me who caused some sort of debacle on twitter and i was was like oh well that's what it is but i just thought it was funny that twitter blew up and here i was like not even i wasn't even a part of it i felt great about that i felt someone else to blame
2: drunk samich was to blame oh god drunk samich fell for the troll bait This time, because yeah. he was too drunk to not fall for it, I think.
1: <laughs> some of those, I was like, you're like, yeah, someone's had a little bit too much, because yeah. I couldn't even understand some of the, the words
2: that were being tweeted out. Well, saw, saw much he knew better not to do that. I don't know why he did. I think he was just angry, and then that was just it, uh, you know, but... Yeah. You know, the inside the pylons guy. I mean, if we cured cancer, it wouldn't be good enough. And that's that's I mean, he that's he is professional troll and I give him credit like he's good at it. Mm -hmm. Some of the other guys, one in particular, has a huge, huge hard on for us. Like he is obsessed with us and uh i don't i don't know why never met him never had a bad word to say about him because i don't really even know who he is the dempsey dude okay two of them yes him (laughs) and uh that Zakoli or whatever oh i know right like i don't get it and i don't dislike him i i have no idea why he hates us so much and piles on to everything I don't even know who he is. And I've never, I look back and I'm like, have I been mean to this person? And I don't know. No, I haven't. Like, I know
1: it's what? He, like,
2: he tweeted once, Hey, I paid off my student or we finally paid off our student loans. And I said, uh, Hey, congratulations. And then the next day he's on us again. And I'm just like, I don't, to you people not inside the pylons, I don't care. Like he, he doesn't like hardly any of us. And that's fine. Like I, I don't, I, the thing about him, I don't even dislike him. I think he's funny, but he, he's like worn out his like trollism. Cause it's like deaf ears to me now, but yeah, that Dempsey dude and Zakoli. I, if, if you're listening, you probably are. I don't know what I did to you or what any of us <laughs> yeah. did to you, but I'm sorry. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't
0: get it.
1: <laughs> it's the thing. Like, you know, they're watching and it's like, yeah. I, what have we ever said or done? you know god forbid we we've developed a business out of, of of something we love and and have had thousands of people that have come through racing dudes over the years that have gotten into the game because they just saw something we've done and and don't even use our picks they just watch these shows and they love racing and we've you know it's like oh that's awful yeah it's like you can li- you can not like what we do you know you can not like people that pay for picks or whatever but it doesn't mean like you gotta like talk shit and and it's just like I just have never understood like people don't realize what you know we literally did this from nothing and have developed and and that's probably what it comes from is just that we are we are what we are and they are what they are and they're not what we are. You know what I mean? And that's I the know. I think that honestly is the biggest is the biggest thing is you know we've developed something from nothing and
2: they're haters about it i i guess i i don't know i don't know again if we did if you two guys that are listening if we did something to you that pissed you off like let us know and we'll we'll talk it out but my goodness and like if we didn't i don't know, like get a life i guess like i don't know i don't understand why you would care so much <laughs> Time for rapid fire presented by bet PTC bet with the racing dudes at
1: bet PTC and get $200 new member bonus at BetPTC.com. use promo code dues and you can get that $200 bonus and you can bet with us that's what we use at bet PTC bet say that 10 times in a row all right let's kick things off at Belmont Park in the poker poker I barely know her all right Saturday Belmont <laughs> Park race six. <laughs> the grade three poker stakes 250k for four-year-olds and up to one mile on the turf field of five sounds like it's gonna be d- scratched down uh no i'm sorry public sector is going to run i think we thought public sector would run at, yeah. at monmouth uh so it is going to be a, a field of five public sector versus mason the two chad browns which one you got uh,
2: uh i think mason uh is kind of a standout in here no matter how you kind of cut it i don't think uh, public sector can beat this worse for sure I mean, you look at it, it's like, okay, well, maybe a horse might get loose and maybe Mason can't run him down. Well, that horse is Wolfie's Dynaghost. They could possibly do that. Mason beat Wolfie's Dynaghost by 22 and three-quarter lengths last time out in a similar situation. I don't know why Mason keeps showing up in kind of these easier fields, but I don't think it's going to be a problem for him here. I think it's an easy win.
1: Uh, No, and by the way, like... I basically am Michael Scott and like I watched so much the of the office that when you see the when you see poker anything for her I'm like I I'm sorry I'm, I'm a child um, okay maybe that's yeah, why people don't like us yeah I guess uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: see yeah that's what she said Shadi. Um <laughs> see I could do it all day that's also what she said okay Mason I'm with you. I like Mason here a lot. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I kind of feel like the, 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 it's weird that they keep putting this horse sort of in, in mild spots. But maybe we'll see this horse better this summer. Maybe that's what the deal is. You know, kick things off in that maker's mile. Still, I mean, damn near won the thing and then was dominant. I just feel like this this horse is, a, is kind of just like back-to-back triple-digit buyers to kick things off in the United States. I mean, public sector hasn't sniffed that. None of them have, frankly, and and really, you don't. I, I like the fact that Mason has that forward ability to kind of be close enough. Um, been very very steady at running the mile. Uh, so Chad Brown kind of knows the spots, and I, I mean, you got to imagine at some point we're going to see. I guess Saratoga, right? You know, you'd assume Mason's going to show back up in a Grade One.
2: I would think so. Yeah, maybe the four star Dave. Uh, you know, sometimes this is kind of a prep for that. Although you could probably run a couple or one more time before the four-star Dave as well. But yeah, you're going to see the source in in a grade one soon, I presume.
1: Yeah, Mason for me as well in uh, the poker. All right, let's go to Monmouth Park. We'll kick things off with race number 12. The TVG.com pegs pegs the stakes, 150K for three-year-olds going one and one-sixteenth miles Top two finishers receive a free entry and start fees to the uh, 2022 Haskell Stakes on July 23rd. So it is a quote unquote Haskell prep. We don't have really any legit Haskell threats. I don't think, I just did the preview for this race. Be be available at racingdudes.com or on our YouTube page, Racing Dudes uh, on YouTube. I, I do think there's one horse in here that it might be able to compete in the haskell i'll let you kind of talk about this race number four electability nine to five favorite i don't know about you but i'm playing against
2: yeah here we go jared going to your park old mommy park here and uh you know and and like shoddy says bring out the whips when you go to mommy park all right yeah the the whips are back at mommy park they were not there last year Uh, you know who
1: loves whips who's that your mom
2: <laughs> I, I knew that but i set you up for it uh all right so the 12th race it's the pegasus stakes not the pegasus world cup uh i listened to the magic Mike show earlier and there was a lot of hate for number four electability that's my top pick i, I don't know i mean listen obviously wasn't very good last time out got beat by 10 but who's in this race that's any good i mean th- this was kind of a who's who of who's not very good so uh, I'm gonna go electability on top here. Uh, I know they kind of liked homebrew a little bit, but remember Jared, homebrew comes out of that Oakland Stakes race. Hey, remember how much we kind of made fun of that race when it happened? Mm-hmm. Now, homebrew did win and won kind of easily. So that's good. But um, I'm gonna take a shot with electability on top.
1: Electability is probably the one you can rely on quote unquote so to speak you you know you know that you that the peter pan is a little deceiving got beat by 10 but i mean it was 10 links to we the people and then he was right there with you know golden glider the problem is and i I don't want to put too much stock into the peter pan one way or another yet because you know it it was on a sloppy track you know we the people maybe didn't want to go as long as he did in the belmont golden glider was awful in the belmont as well so maybe that race wasn't too good uh <laughs> i think we showed that homebrew you know Kucher did come back to win so that you have that um i just think homebrew and and I, I think it's a very soft argument but homebrew in my opinion is the one horse of this bunch who is possible to be like not i wouldn't even say a threat but i hit the board kind of candidate in the in the haskell and i think that's because homebrew obviously had the hopes at one point. You know, this horse was the favorite of the Smarty Jones. This horse was a favorite prior to that race. This horse was the favorite of the Oakland stakes that you're talking about. You know, Brad Cox, you know, you have like we it's not like we've not seen this before. Mandaloon won this race, not to say he's anywhere in this ballpark of homebrew. Mandaloon won this race, of course, um last year. So well, quote unquote won it. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but homebrew to me is the horse that has the least the most upside and i get why like elect- you would like electability i think electability has a big chance of uh, wiring this field or trying to wire this field i like homebrew to be kind of that late presence and, and kind of uh, present a threat to him as they get uh, hit the top of the stretch I, what about i can't can't believe i'm gonna say it the horse that I think is possible is Dash Attack. Okay, go, Dash if Attack. It,
2: if it rains, he'll win. <laughs> if it doesn't, he will lose. That's <laughs> that's Dash yeah. Attack.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, you're told he's like he's like the his first two career starts winners, including the Smarty Jones, both on sloppy, awful in the Southwest, awful in the Rebel, awful in Lexington, all on fast tracks, and then at Monmouth here is where this track or this race will be ran he wins but guess what it was sloppy so unless mcp can get like the you know the hose out there real quick before the race i think it's going to be hot um yeah it seems unlikely but you can at least say this this is probably one of the softer fields he's faced in a while so I think it's possible, although unlikely. I won't be using him on top, but I think he could hit the board.
2: I mean, that's fair that he could hit the board, but I, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for him. And I've never seen one quite like it. If it's sloppy, he wins, and if it's not, he's nowhere to be found. Like it is really (laughs) hit or miss with him.
1: All right, uh, I'm on number two, homebrew. You've got number four, electability. All right, let's go to the next one here. Race 13, the Mama Stakes, grade three, with 150K for three olds and up. Uh, Going one and one-eighth miles on the turf. So this is a tough one, dude. This is, you know, field of 12 on the turf. And look who shows up. Look who shows his face. This is like the talk of the Magic Mike show earlier. Number two. Tax, tax shows up on the turf after I think we all thought he was a long. He was way long gone. I still
0: think tax won.
2: <laughs> Can you please play that again? I still think tax won. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, oh, I didn't see that coming. By the way, that was a picture from the Jim Dandy when tax did win. Uh-huh. I still think tax won
1: okay go ahead
2: okay so all right well he's trying turf today <laughs> all right let's compose ourselves here folks okay so tax- if you're li- by the way if you're listening
1: to this on the on the pod version you've got to pause it right now and go to our YouTube page or go to the website and watch this part because <laughs> the the video is worth everything you do to stop
2: this right now. Go ahead. Did you make that? Did you create that? I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, tax. You're welcome. Uh, coming on that—that's really good. It really caught. Not very often I get caught off guard. You caught me off guard with that one. Tax hasn't been seen in 511 days. The last time we saw him was in the 2000. 2000- 21 Pegasus, where he was 10th, beating 14. He's back. He's on the turf. <laughs> we'll see what he does. I'm not too worried about him. Um, There's some real winners in here, aka horses that don't like to win, like Sacred Life, who I'm going to try to beat. You said it. This is kind of a wide open scramble. Uh, a lot of different ways you can go, which is weird because I think we're on the same horse. I went number five, Ever Dangerous. Horse coming off a layoff, but Weaver pretty good off layoffs. Johnny Velasquez will pick up the mount as public sector is going to scratch, and that means Johnny Velasquez will be aboard, ever dangerous here. Um, look, horse, like I said, coming off the layoff, super consistent, uh, has been up against some good horses and been, co- and been competitive. I think he gets the job done.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know about like you, would like to say, <laughs> Would have made this race maybe a little easier for me if if public sector was in here, just because I I, I think that may have picked the horse. You know, Chad Brown's won this race. What has he won this race? Like four years in a row, six years in a row, something crazy. So he, obviously trying to you know beat him, sacred life. He still has sacred life. It is it's 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 challenging, and I get that. But I, I'm with you, and I think Magic. I want to say he used him. I know Samich picked him. As well, but we're all on number five, Ever Danger. It's at six to one. I love that. You know, this horse has, I love the fact this horse has a lot of early uh, pace presence possible. We've seen that in the past. Also, a horse that has a lot of late. And, you know, we haven't seen this horse since Saratoga last summer. That's the concern. But man, this horse just last year was, that was, he was tough because every race he ran in, he ran well, you know. Um, you know, he ran, ran second, ran third in the Appleton. Ran third in the allowance race at Churchill. Then went to Saratoga. Ran second in the big allowance race. He's just been up against good horses and just runs his race. Got to think, surely, eventually, this horse can break through. Six to one. And, I, I mean, I liked him when he had no rider. I, I definitely liked him with, <laughs> with JV. So, uh, to me, he's he's dangerous here. He's ever dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, I, to me, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to create some value here. And that's kind of the key here because the race prior seems possible, very possibly chocolate, chalky. And the race after, <laughs> chocolate. And the race after is extremely, could be extremely chalky. So I'm on uh, number five, Ever Dangerous. But we all wish our boy good luck.
0: I still think tax one.
1: <laughs> okay. The last. <laughs> Last up here, let's go to race 14, the Salvador Mile. uh, Grade three worth 150K for three-year-olds and up, going one mile, field of seven, lines up here, and all eyes on our boy, my boy, number three, Hot Rod, Charlie making his return. uh, From the Dubai World Cup, nearly won the Dubai World Cup, haven't seen since. Mike Smith gets them out here, no Flavian Pratt. Biggest threat, in my opinion, is, and on the morning line, is number one, Mind Control, who's kind of a specialist at this distance. Can Hot Rod Charlie be beat here, or is this simply a prep for bigger and better things, and he's going to steamroll? Them? You
2: know, I think Mind Control can beat him here. I think this is a spot where he could. I'm, you know, you got Hot Rod Charlie coming back from Dubai. He'd been over there. He ran two races. He ran extremely well in both of them. Maybe Mind Control can upset him in the spot. I, I mean, listen, Hot Rod Charlie should win without any doubt. We've seen him lose races that he shouldn't have in the past. Look at the San Antonio at Santa Anita. He was one to five and he lost. He lost to Express Train. So um, I, I'm going to pick uh, Hot Rod Charlie on top here, though. I, I do think he'll get it done. But I do think if you're going to play an alternate here, mind control isn't the worst one to, to try to to beat him only problem with mind control and why he didn't put him on top, he hasn't looked great in his first two races this season. So no. he's certainly going to have to improve a lot. I don't think it'll be enough. Interesting uh, uh, final thought here. Mike Smith is going to ride. I thought that was yeah. very interesting. And maybe another, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. wonder why Mike Smith is aboard. Uh, I
1: believe, I think, I don't know who told me. I saw a magic mic. Maybe magic said it. Someone said it. That hot rod. Uh, that mike has been working hot rod. So um, we'll see if that's actually true or not. Uh, but I believe that's the case. Why that? Why that? That is my biggest thing with I. If they're, I'm with you. If if he's going to be beat, I do believe it's mind control because you know coming off of the layoff you going going a mile which obviously hot rod charlie can win at a mile but he also is a horse that likes to go long um you can see him making a move running late just not getting to mind control right because of the short 1 mile race mm-hmm. my biggest factor though is like hot rod's not slow early you know he'll he'll be right there with mind control. I don't necessarily think that he's going to get some massive run. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have too much to do. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. He possesses a lot of early speed. He has a win here. I know I know he doesn't technically, but he did win the Haskell, right? Um, so we know he likes Monmouth. You know, and, and that day he did come off a little bit, but he can be close to the pace. He's such a versatile horse. So I, I, I don't suppose Mike Smith is going, let's hope, is going to give him too much to do You know, unless mind control absolutely freaks, I think he'll be right there. So that's the biggest reason. I think it's one of those races where you either are singling Hot Rod, you have to, or you're, like, simply playing against him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, because you either single Hot Rod and you're playing a very high-value, you know, pick four or whatever um, the case may be, or you're just simply not using it. And I think Magic, uh, Samich, not to give a spoiler, but Samich did something to that effect because in it it makes no sense to use him unless you're really pounding that pick four, pick three or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You either try to create value and think, well, we can beat him because it's Mike Smith and he's coming back from Dubai or you just single him and move, move on.
1: Um, We talked a little bit about him earlier. Hot Rod Charlie. How, how, how good do you think he is? You know, of course he did just come off that near win in the Dubai world cup, ran a huge, a great, great, great race. But, his kind of M.O. last year was good, not great. You know, he ran a good race. Well, he ran a great race, frankly, in the Belmont, but just was beaten by a better horse in such a Quality. You know, the Haskell, he was able to win, although he did not end up winning the race. He wins the Pennsylvania Derby. Breeders' Cup Classic, he wasn't quite good enough. Go, Medina Spirit, a Quality, all a little bit better than him. You know, he wasn't quite good enough to win the Kentucky Derby. San Antonio, he wasn't quite good enough to win there. So... How good is he? Can he can he turn into like a legit classic type horse? Or do you think he kind of is what he is, good, not great?
2: I still kind of have him as that. I'll maybe play him in third in a race like the classic type, right? Like say he goes up against a flight line and life is good. I don't think that he can beat them. That's where I'm at with it. But I do think he is very, like he's very, very solid. He's certainly what yeah. I'd like to own. I'll tell you that, man. He just shows up and runs well every time. But he has to prove that he can be a really, really good horse before we put him in the category of, hey, I think he's going to win the classic today. He's going to get some opportunities, you know, and he he ran well over Dubai. Give him a ton of credit. Um, Now he's back and let's see what kind of resume he can he can build it. He's he's very, very talented. But is he the upper echelon? I don't think so. Not 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 as of now. He's
1: four, year old, four, four years old now. Uh, he's not raced uh, a race in the United States as a four-year-old. He's had, had two races this year. Of course, they opted to run the prep prior to the Dubai World Cup in Dubai at Maidan. So we've not seen him since December in the United States. So yeah, definitely be interesting to see as a four-year-old in the States. And hey, listen, he was 94 to 1 in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And he's earned over $5.1 million in he's his awesome. career. So yeah. I, whatever you want to say about him, if he is good enough, he's not. Who cares? He's $5.1 million in four wins in 15 starts. So how well, about that?
2: Let's not forget, this horse had a run of shitty luck, too. Uh, he 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 ran a belmont like you said it's good enough to win, win most years he would have won this year's yes he would have uh by the way
1: to the, to that point and not to go like last year versus this year but what did mo Donnegal get like a 96 or something 98 by 98 it? 98 108 he earned in the belmont yeah. hot rod charlie did for a second play go yeah. ahead
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. He he ran a race that's good enough to win a lot of Belmonts, whether you look at buyers, whether you just look at the eye test, the times, whatever. And then let's not forget, this horse was the best horse for sure in the Haskell. Right. Not to say he shouldn't have come down because you can't knock a horse down. Okay, that's that's clear. But he was the best horse in that race.
1: Yeah, I know. And, and dude, I... You know, I don't think you can really give a lot of, like, like issues. Like, a lot of, like, excuses. But he was right there in the Derby to win that thing, too. You know, yeah. and just couldn't quite get it done. And like I said, couldn't quite get it done in the Belmont. Got DQ'd in the Haskell. Wins the Pennsylvania Derby. So that was great to see him get that redemption. But, you know, didn't quite get it done, whether it was he's tired or just wasn't good enough in the Classic. Um, but, yeah, he's a horse that he certainly has the ability Ability, and he's he could get you know he's an oxbow horse so him he's gonna keep showing up for these kind of races and he's a fun horse to have i think because you know like i said the expectations were never really there early on so this is all gravy for them i love it so hopefully he has a huge career the rest of this year especially into the breeders cup classic we'll be rooting for him number three hot rod charlie uh to win here All right, it's all the time we have. Check us out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember, we are your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can check out all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page at the website at RacingDudes.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you listen to podcasts we are on there, including YouTube. So just go to YouTube.com slash RacingDudes or just search for Racing Dudes on YouTube. You can watch all the episodes of Blinkers Off on here as well. Uh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> he just does what he wants. <laughs>
3: there. What's up, Slim? I just want to tell everyone, uh, check out on the Racing Dudes <laughs> YouTube channel tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., my interview with Chad Brown premieres. So check that out. We go through all of the horses from the Belmont Stakes Racing Festival, and then on Saturday, 9 a.m. on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel, my one-on-one with Mo Donigle's half-sister, Prank, in the Todd Pletcher barn, also goes live on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel. So I'm self-promoting. Peace. Hey, what did Chad
1: Brown have to say about give us a little bit of a little, little like a little spoiler maybe of what they can look for? Like who what are some of the horses you talked about?
3: Jack Christopher, Haskell going to be sick zandon jim dandy and then we don't know where early voting is going to go and i asked him, what you think about early voting with that early speed versus jack christopher and uh you're gonna have to tune in to hear what he says about them matching up against each other i i don't want to that's the, that's that i gave you a little bit of a spoiler alert but tune in to hear what chad says about those two facing off because that that's a concern for me
1: nice shirt by the way well done thanks for representing
3: Right. All right, Slim, as Peace always, out. it's
1: it's great to have you. And and by the way, it's great to have knowing you're on the backside, of Saratoga, is just it it warms my heart. So it, we're yep. so glad. Yes.
3: Yeah. I'll get you nice. whoever you want me to interview, let me know. <laughs> and I'll get out there and try to track them down. I was gonna go try to interview Tax, but I wasn't hundred <laughs> percent sure if Danny Gargan was gonna be there. I should have just went and saw it. I still tax. think
0: Tax won. <laughs>
3: Well, for people that don't know, that
1: is Slim's dad,
3: by yes. the way. Yeah. So that's my dad. I was going to take him for Father's Day to meet tax, but uh, I don't know. It all kind of got messed up, and I interviewed Chad Brown instead, which will probably get more views than tax. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, so what we've,
3: what
1: we've learned is it's more views over Father's Day. Got yes. It. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes.
3: <laughs> Just
1: right. give me a favor and make sure your dad sees that clip, by the way. I
3: will. I will. Okay.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to be Slim. In
3: just saying hi later all right see you slim
1: there we go he's there it is, there it
2: is. <laughs>
1: giving him a password to uh to StreamYard has been both great and a disaster at the same time so there
2: go there's slim
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was like i saw him pop up on a like, uh-oh you never know it's like as as I can like, I can only remember from back when I was younger watching it, but I'm sure you watching wrestling now these days. It's like it reminds you of like just something's going on. You know, the people are talking <laughs> in the ring, and all of a sudden it's like the music comes on. And you're like, uh oh, and you know the music,
2: right? You're like, oh shit, it's Slim. You know, he needs entrance music. Yes, Dude, he, he needs does. entrance
1: music. Can you imagine if all of a sudden we're just mad, like a talk closing out? And you just hear the you know whatever his. Uh, doesn't
2: he have didn't ryan do a, a, a slim
0: Ooh,
1: yeah he does he does
2: i don't know if we <laughs> have it saved though
1: oh man we, we need to get that on here
2: yeah yeah he hey all he was outstanding trackside. track
1: side. very he was,
2: good he was so good that i want to be with him the next time he's at the track just to watch it <laughs> i mean i don't even come on just let him do the coverage but just to I watch mean,
1: it he did break the news of the uh the red strike diarrhea.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> so you know, if you use that, and I did, and someone for real, I don't remember which, which race was it? Oh no, it was uh uh Tribuvin. The remember he someone someone bet him watching our live stream because he was yes. like, and I it's a ridiculous, you know, angle, but he's like, yeah. I saw how he was trying to kick Slim and he was definitely. <laughs> uh you know on his toes and so I I bet him you're like,
2: hey man, whatever works. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm all about watching Slim just to see one of these days he's gonna get his ass laid out by one of these horses and I'm I'm here for it. So
2: no, now come on.
1: (laughs) I mean I hope he's okay, but it'd be it'd be talk about views. That's
2: ultimate. That's
1: great footage for us.
2: That would get a lot of views. Yes, that's true. There was a
1: few there was a few times on Saturday where because his his reception was was you know spotty and so it'd be like oh did something happen? Is he okay? And then you come back, all right, well, he's good. You know, he didn't get laid out somewhere. You know, I kept looking for the the track feed just to make sure there wasn't some stoppage of some guy in pink pants that got laid out in the paddock. So
2: good Lord. It's great. Yeah, uh, It's it's there is some worry that goes along with but, it, but he survived it
1: all things, all joking aside, especially as we get closer, we're literally a month away now from Saratoga starting his analysis, his footage, his his what you know is going. I mean, we live and breathe this game and it'll be helpful for us. And so him talking to these guys on the backside, um, getting the analysis, getting the coverage, and he's as we get into Saratoga, he'll be doing more, you know, daily type stuff as well. So it it it's good stuff, and it's good, it's always good when you got slim turned on. Not not that. That's what not, she said. No, not oh. <laughs> What Slim, that's what Slim's wife said. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, not touching that one. <laughs> well, I'll be checking my uh, phone for a message from her here soon. So, uh, Anyways, all right. That's it. Go check out the Magic Mike show. Uh, they did the Monmouth Park late pick four. So if you want some uh, more analysis of those last three, plus the the, uh, the one before that, the 11th, make sure you go check out the Monmouth. Park late pig four preview on the magic Mike show, all the same podcast platforms. It's been real halterman. It's been great seeing you. Thanks you for the too. update on the, thanks for the update. Yeah. you're. Thank you. Uh, thanks for well, the update on, uh, on the kitty.
2: I was watching for her to come back in. I'd grab her again, but it looks like she's, she's gone downstairs to mess with the dog. So
1: I saw the wife posted it on, on Facebook. So I, I, like I told you last night, you are owners of a cat now. So don't give me the bullshit of, oh, it's gonna be like, we're gonna just, you know, milk them back to health and, and no, it's it, you're it. It just, it's I fine. I wanna keep
2: her. Want to keep her yeah, it's gonna happen. The the wife is just so worried about the dog that I just don't know that we'll get to keep her. But I, I want to, I like her. I'll be I'm I'll, I'll be honest, I like her, so.
1: Just think of the, the possibilities, you guys could, Train, you know, what if what if the cat could ride Philly or something? You know, you that's could do right. relax. Yes,
2: yes, we could do some YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Racing's oh. a little slow right now. How about a cat riding a dog? Let's try that and see what it
1: <laughs> We need, need some views on the on the old YouTube. We got
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> cat,
1: cat races, dog races on the uh on the old YouTube. Alright, yeah. that's a wrap. I'm Jared Welch. He's there at Alterman. Good luck
0: racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as ah. it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets